0: Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue, and today we're going to be talking about people-pleasing and the cardboard relationship. Uh, I want to welcome you to my channel. We talk about all kinds of uh, things related to the Enneagram here, and uh, thank you for subscribing to this channel, and also in the description below is more information, my website, and uh, I do book coaching appointments with people who want to know more about their type or how to be a healthier person. Uh, related to the Enneagram are also relationship issues. Uh, so, if you have any questions or anything I can help you with, please feel free to go to the website. Thank you to my patrons who support this channel. I really appreciate your contributions and your encouragement. So, let's talk about the people pleaser. If you are a people pleaser, um, then you know that uh, sometimes <clears throat> anger can be a lot. You know, you don't want to experience other people's anger and you probably don't want to experience your own anger. And so people pleasing, part of what I think motivates it is this desire to preemptively uh, buffer yourself away from experiencing other people's negative emotions like anger, disappointment, frustration, and criticism of you. And also to buffer yourself against experiencing your own anger Maybe you're afraid of anger. Maybe you're afraid of what would happen to you if you experienced somebody's disappointment or anger, or maybe you're afraid of your own anger. Uh, you don't like it when you get angry and you don't like it when others get angry. Maybe you grew up in a home where uh, you had an angry parent or somebody had uncontrolled rage, um, and it was scary. It was frightening, and you don't want, or maybe you maybe you at times have exhibited some uncontrolled rage. And so you don't ever want that to happen again. You don't ever want to see that again in someone else and you don't want to see it within yourself. And so uh, you do everything you can do to try to suppress that anger and to preemptively please people so that they never become angry with you. It's kind of like riding a bike. Imagine, you know, you, uh, you see your brother riding a bike and he comes home with a uh, an accident and he's all scraped up and his knees are bloody and he's got a black eye and uh, his bicycle is all bent up and uh, you know, he's crying and, and you see mom and dad wiping away the tears and, and and putting, uh, you know, alcohol on his wounds and he's, he's uh, wincing in pain. And you think to yourself, man, if that's what riding a bike is, I'm never going to ride a bike. And you associate that pain of that bike wreck with riding a bike and fail to realize that, you know, riding a bike can be a lot of pleasure. It can be a lot of fun. But all you what it got ingrained in your mind is how painful an accident can be. And so you decide, I don't ever want to learn to ride a bike because I don't want to have skinned up knees. I don't want to have a black eye. I don't want to in, uh, bleed and, and, uh, and have an accident. And so you never learn to uh, get on a bike and you never learn to um, ride up and down the street. And when your mom or dad asks you if you want to go out and ride a bike, you say, no, thank you. I don't want to go ride a bike. And your constant avoidance of riding the bike leads to a perpetual intensified fear of the bike. If you could face that fear and get on the bike and maybe ride on the sidewalk between the grass so that you're in a more safe area with mom or dad walking alongside of you, face that fear and overcome that fear, you would find out that riding a bike can be very beneficial. But your fear keeps you away from even attempting to ride a bike and so you grow up intensified fear saying, I'm never going to do that. I think the same thing kind of happens with, with the fear of anger or the fear of upsetting others or being a disappointment is when you preemptively go into a relationship trying to meet every need and trying to be pleasing in every way and trying to foresee or forecast any opportunity where somebody might be disappointed with you or be upset with you or be agitated with you. You try to preemptively meet all of those people's needs and be pleasing in every way so that you never have to experience anybody's anger or are upset with you. And you never have to experience your own anger. And so there's this maybe fear of anger. Like if somebody got angry and disappointed and upset with me, that would be so painful. That would be so crushing. That would be so, I uh, to, to be criticized and to be um, somebody to be, angry with me would be more than I could bear and so you insulate yourself away from other people's anger by your by your pleasing behaviors and it's become a habit and I think it only intensifies your fear of anger and your fear of conflict but conflict is a normal part of life as much as I hate to admit that as a seven, I mean, I don't like conflict. I don't, I'm the seven wing six. I'm not the seven wing eight. You know, I'm the seven wing six. I don't like conflict with people. I don't enjoy that process of hashing things out or working through disappointments and criticisms. And I, I I hate all that stuff, but you have to come to realize that that's a normal part of living in this world. And people do get angry and people do get frustrated and, and people do get Uh, Upset and people, you know, aren't always pleased. And uh, to pretend like that's not true because I want to believe that I'm such a nice person that I never get angry and I never anger others is not realistic. In fact, you might say it's cardboard, it's two dimensional. And when a relationship Uh, in a relationship, when people are not allowed to have conflict, when conflict must be avoided at all costs, when when we must make sure all the time that we are pleased and happy and we never have any criticisms, we never have any complaints, then that is very superficial as a relationship. That is a very cardboard, cut out, plastic, artificial reality. It's going to take a lot of work to try to preemptively meet everyone else's needs, even one person's needs, to the point that they never are dissatisfied, they're never disappointed, and they're never upset. It's gonna take a lot of effort that uh, you're going to expend to try to avoid any kind of criticisms or any kind of complaints. And you gotta ask yourself, you know, why isn't that allowed? Why am I so afraid? of somebody being upset or disappointed? Why am I so afraid of criticism that that I will w- literally work myself to the bone to try to preemptively buffer myself away from that? It's so unpleasant, it's so uncomfortable, it's so disturbing that I have to uh, foresee it and then um, do anything I can do to keep from, it being a part of my relationship. But the reality is when you want to learn to deal with conflict, not conflict avoidance, conflict avoidance is not a natural part of a healthy relationship, conflict management and negotiating and discussion and uh, coming to agreement and coming to consensus in a loving, caring, respecting way, is a skill that we can all learn. If we have good boundaries and we we don't permit people to yell at us, we don't permit people to in any way abuse us or punish us, but we just work toward mutual agreement and mutual satisfaction where neither one of us has to sacrifice. Because when somebody sacrifices in a relationship, then that means they lose and I win. But healthy people don't want their partner or their loved one to lose. They want to win and win. And there's compromises that will be made and discussions that will happen. And all of that is to say that when relationships allow conflict, when conflict is not avoided at all cost, when conflict is a natural part of the relationship and it's managed in a healthy and safe, productive way, that's when couples experience real, true intimacy. In other words, for intimacy to be a part of a relationship, there has to be the allowance of conflict or else you're not allowed to fully show up. You're not allowed to fully express your heart or fully express uh, your wants and desires for fear that it's going to upset the other person, for fear that it's going to create some kind of disappointment or disenfranchise or, or disagreement. And so the only way we can have a relationship is if we, have this sort of artificial plastic smile, pretend that everything's okay. And most people really aren't satisfied with that kind of false-faced relationship where everybody's sunny and smiling all the time and there's never any problems. In order for you to have that kind of relationship, you have to limit what you say and you have to limit what you share with each other. Uh, for fear that it's going to initiate some kind of criticisms or conflict. And so you're not allowed to really speak your heart. You're not allowed to really work toward any kind of real lasting um, changes in that relationship. And so that relationship is handcuffed. That relationship has become stagnant and sterile. And what's going to happen, I think, in a relationship like that is the people pleaser in that relationship uh, over time, is going to start to build up resentment. Going to start to build up a, a level of frustration because they don't share their anger. They don't allowed to. They don't feel allowed to express their anger or allowed to express their disappointment or disagreements. And so it all gets bottled down. And when it gets bottled down, it's going to leak out in passive ways. In other words, you have to find new strategies that protect your sense of your own niceness because talking about things would be demonstrating and expressing anger in your mind. And so there has to be other ways in which you vie to get what you want in that relationship. So you'll use signals to share what you don't like, and you'll use signals to communicate what you want. And those are passive ways to try to meet your own needs. That's going to be seen by the other person as manipulative. They're going to say, why don't you just, they're going to think to themselves, why don't you just say out loud what you're upset about? Why don't you just say in the moment that something makes you angry and we can talk about it and we could resolve it and we could deal with it, but we don't. We bottle it down. The people pleaser is going to bottle it down and then give signals in passive ways to try to communicate their frustration, their hurt, their disappointment. And it's not allowed to come to the surface. Uh, occasionally it might, but it might blow up. They're not allowed to come to the surface and just talk about things in an agreeable, safe, loving way. Because then if we talk about we have problems and we have wants and we have needs, then I risk, the, the people pleaser might feel like they're risking um, being, you know, disagreeable they're risking uh being criticized they're risking being disappointed and so i think the people pleaser the the person in the relationship and you may have two people that are trying to be people pleasers Uh, we may learn that habit from one another and so the relationship is kind of held hostage to this well we can't say this out loud we can't say that out loud we can't really deal with problems they go beneath the surface and we only come up and try to, you know, hint and give signals to each other. And this gets really confusing and really difficult to manage. And both parties are going to feel manipulated. Um, one's going to feel manipulated because um, the, all these passive aggressive signals are coming to them. And uh, they're the, maybe the silent treatment and... Um, those kinds of things are going to feel manipulative, like you're trying to move me in some direction, but you won't say out loud what you're trying to do. You won't just talk about it. The the people pleaser is going to feel manipulated as well and hurt. They're going to feel like all this work I give to try to be nice and to try to be kind and to try to be loving, and they keep taking advantage of me. They just keep pushing me, and they don't give me the approval and the appreciation that all my effort deserves. And so they're manipulating my niceness. They're manipulating my kindness. They're manipulating the fact that I'm not yelling and not being disagreeable. And they're using all that against me and taking advantage of my kindness and taking advantage of my good nature. And I think both parties are going to feel like they're manipulated. And the reality is, is they are. They are being manipulated. So much better if we could work towards safely, kindly, graciously, lovingly, working through our conflict by just talking it out, by just saying, hey, you know, when you said that, that really hurt my feelings, or I I really felt hurt by that, and I would appreciate it in the future. And and to just talk it out and to know that I'm not going to be abandoned simply because we have a disagreement. I think that's part of the fear, if not the fear, that the people pleaser has is that if If you show any upset or disappointment or disagreement or conflict, then that signals the fear of abandonment. This person is not going to find me any worth in me. They're not going to find me worthwhile as a partner. They're going to leave me. They're going to run away from me. They're going to hate me. They're going to dislike me. And uh, if I'm not pleasing and I'm not gentle and kind and loving all the time, then why would they want to be in a relationship with me? And so we get back to that issue of worth and value, which is often a important aspect of type twos threes and fours type nines just don't want to have conflict and so they might they might kind of passively deal with their conflict because they don't want to have problems and sixes might be afraid that people are going to turn against them and the worst case scenario is going to happen and so you better be careful what you say and all of this i think boils down to Just like we learned a a passive aggressive way of dealing with uh, problems and avoiding them and trying to send signals of what we want and what we don't want, what we like and what we don't like. Just like we learned those habits, the habit of avoiding getting on the bicycle. We can learn new habits, we can learn new patterns if we're willing to risk that. If we're tired of a cardboard relationship and ultimately, it's a self-defeating scenario because your fear of abandonment causes you to preemptively be people-pleasing and not allow there to be conflict, which makes the relationship cardboard, plastic, and two-dimensional, which will cause a lack of intimacy in that relationship, which will cause people to become frustrated, disappointed with that relationship, and ultimately perhaps even abandon the relationship. And so it's a failed strategy. And recognizing that is the beginning point to, well, let's learn something new. Well, let's try something new that maybe anger isn't the worst thing in the world. Maybe anger is a natural part of life. And maybe just pretending like it's not there doesn't make it go away. Maybe we could deal with our anger and accept our anger. And rather than being angry at ourselves for being angry, maybe we could just express our angry are angry. Maybe we could express our anger in a positive, caring, loving way that reaffirms our value of each other and our value of the relationship, and take that risk that maybe it's worthwhile to get on that bicycle and and enjoy the ride. Maybe it's worth the risk, the danger that sometimes we will fall and sometimes we will have an accident and sometimes we may end up you know uh, hurting, but it's worth the risk for real true intimate relationships um when we try to insulate ourselves from pain often we come up with failed strategies the reality is is we don't live in the garden of eden any longer and pain is a part of this life and we will experience it it's not the end of the world to go through pain pain can sometimes be a great teacher for us And every couple is going to have disagreements, it's natural. Every couple is going to have disappointments, it's natural. Every couple is going to have conflict. And it doesn't mean you're not a nice person. It doesn't mean you're not a kind person if you share uh, disappointments of your own. Or if you begin and initiate conflict in the marriage or in the relationship. It's just, it can be done in a loving, gracious, kind way. Every parent has to deal with conflict with their children. When children don't behave and don't listen to the rules and don't pay attention, it should lead to conflict. That's the natural reaction. It should lead to anger in the parent. But anger can be expressed in loving, kind, gracious, and caring ways that are always in the benefit of the child to teach the child self-control. It's never right to express anger in abusive or threatening or a authoritarian ways and you don't have to do that it's not a all or nothing proposition sometimes anger it seems like is a light switch it's either all the way on or all the way off and all the way on looks like a tyrant and all the way on is yelling and screaming and maybe that's what you grew up in but that's not what you have to be there is this middle place you know of a healthy balanced expression of real feelings real and true and honest. That's what we want to get to in our relationships. That's what real intimacy is. So let's leave these cardboard relationships behind and let's take the risk of being honest, open, real, and not so afraid of conflict and so afraid of of being myself that I might create disappointment. That if I laugh, that if I Um, if I cry, if I share this part of myself that I'll be so much of a disappointment and so criticized that, so what? You're going to be criticized in life. And the people that are closest to you have the most opportunity to do that because they live with you. It's not the end of the world to have a disagreement. It's not the end of the world to not see eye to eye. We are different people with different separate realities who see the world in our own. If the Enneagram teaches us anything, it's that we are all seeing the world from our own perspective, and that means we're not always going to agree, and we should expect that. And that's, at the end of the day, what makes relationships rich, meaningful, and important in our lives, is we live with somebody that's different than us, and that broadens our perspective, and challenges our beliefs, and challenges our ideals, And we want somebody that we can relate to that will be fully open, not pretend plastic, artificial, and cardboard. You're going to make yourself frustrated, and you're going to end up making the people around you frustrated. Far better to show up and be real. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your support. I hope this video is helpful. And it's just another reminder to be present fully to life.